See, we have a certain number of families who are gone from Mother's Day, but I'm so glad to have all of you here. And this is my dear wife, Donna. She's going to speak today. But I was thinking about mothers. Um, Mitch, Mitch had mentioned about how um, most true service is done. Uh, it's hidden away. And that's, that's really so true, particularly of uh, the, the difficult task mothers have in raising children and doing the things that they do. But I was thinking about some of the biblical examples um, of mothers. I was thinking about Hannah, Ruth, Elizabeth, Mary, and also the Shunammite woman, whose name I don't remember, but she's in four, uh, uh, 2 Kings 4, and how um, they would cry out to the Lord they would really seek the Lord until God answered them uh, for what they needed. And in most of those cases, those dear ladies didn't have children and they wanted children. And there's something about how attentive God's heart is to mothers when they really seek him. And I know that uh, the not-so-secret strength of, of my life has been my wife Donna and the role she's played uh, with both me and the kids. And so she's going to share with us today. And I just love this woman. And I can, yeah, let's give it up. And she really is the best Christian I know. And I'm partially responsible for that. She's had to rise to that level to manage the life we've led together. So this is my wife. This is Donna McMillan. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm so thankful for my family today. Um, I, I just uh, feel a little emotional about it. So I'll go ahead and get that over at the first. <laughs> Just go ahead. But when I came in, the, when my grandkids run up to me wanting gum, I just this morning, my heart was just, I love it. I just love it. I love being a mom. So thankful for my family. For my um, children, my sons and their wives, my daughter who's in Colorado, um, and my grandchildren. Being a mom... Um, raising my children was probably the most challenging and the most fulfilling season of my life. I know you other moms will understand. Um, it was there that I learned that my life was not my own. Um, I thought that was such a safe place, um, safe, loving place to learn that truth of the gospel, that my life was not my own and be okay with it. Um, but especially for you moms with young children, when we had our four really pretty close together every couple years. And so um, at the time when they were real young, Robin was a salesman, um, a sales rep, so he was traveling some. We were also starting a young church in our home and um, had these four small children. When my fourth one was born, my oldest one was about to turn six. And so it, it was a little crazy at times. Um, it, it was awesome. You know, I love them so much. They were cute. They were wonderful. And I loved them. Um, but it was crazy at times, too. So, but I, 
I thought about this when, um, when my, after my fourth one was born, I remember the first day that I had them all by myself, all four of them. And I remember I got, um, diapers changed. Everybody fed. We played outside. We had lunch, had naps, did all those things that you do over and over. And at the end of the day, I thought, wow, I did it. I did it. Then suddenly I realized and I've got to do the very same thing tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day as far on the horizon as I could see. And it was a little overwhelming, of course, but, um, you know, we, we all get through it. And when I look back now, um, that was really a short season of my life. Um, and I treasure it so much and I treasure the season with them now. So just wanted to especially encourage some of you moms with really young families that there is life after this season. Um, so hang in there. <laughs> Enjoy it as much as you can. It was there that I learned the power of, ah, of unconditional love. <laughs> and it was there that I gained a greater understanding of his love for me. So I treasure my family. I did want to share a little bit of my heart, just um, what's going on in my life lately. You know, the songs we were singing this morning, I thought, honestly, for the last while, I've just been a little overcome, really, by the goodness of the Lord, just the the real awareness of the goodness of the Lord. And part of it had to do with last month, we finished up a little study that, that I did with some of the ladies on Bill Johnson's book, God is Good. We spent six weeks studying it, and it was just awesome. Um, and so it's just the awareness of his goodness has just been so real to me. Um, God is good is more than just a positive phrase and belief statement. What you believe about that has power to shape your life. Um, it affects the way you live and how you treat other people, too. <clears throat> what you believe about the nature of God will either draw you to him with confidence or it will make you <clears throat> hesitant and shy to come to him. Um, and so, it, it, so it's really important to really know that. And it's true, he really is, but we really need to know it. Over the past, last 2,000 years, we've allowed incorrect views of his character to influence our belief systems. Um, we attribute things to him that a good parent would never do to their children. And I know you've, you've heard Robin give the example that a lot of us have seen over the years and thought it was a pretty cool little example of the shepherd who had a wayward sheep and would break their legs and put them around his neck and carry them, you know, teach them not to run off. And, um, you think, who in, what good parent would do that to their child? But that's sort of a view of the Lord that we've allowed to influence our thinking. And honestly, it's just not correct. It's just not. He, he's a better father than we could ever be to our children. He's better. Um, But we've let that mentality creep into our theology over time, and it's left us with a faulty view of the Lord at times. Because we don't know how to explain or deal with difficult things, we sometimes come up with examples like this. Um, Bill, in this study, gave a a really powerful example um, of a man who was helping with a building project 
And what he was supposed to do was to cut a hundred boards, a hundred two by fours, exactly eight feet long. And so he spent a night doing that to have everything ready for him the next day. So he got, got out his tape measure. He measured eight feet, marked it, cut the board, did that to the next one. And then he put, he put that aside and used the fresh cut board to put on top of the next one, put a mark at the end of the board, cut that one, put the top one aside, did the same with the next one until he cut a hundred boards. Only problem was when he was finished, the last board was almost nine feet long. Um, because, and most of you, you understand that when you, when you use the previous board as your measuring stick, you're going to have just a tiny bit of overage, which wouldn't, you wouldn't notice much of it at first, but over time it's going to be pretty significant. And Bill was relating that to how we've done with, with the Lord, with, um, God's, with the nature of God and who he is. Um, in, since Jesus was here, over time we'll compare ourselves to the generation before us and may have things just a little off. Um, but then the next generation does it and the next and the next until you come to us and we're pretty far off center. Um, so it's really, really interesting to see how that, I, I see that in, in going through this study, I thought about, um, I mean, we've been involved in church all our lives and have seen so much, but but what we don't see is the the things significantly that that Jesus did, and so um, we've we've got to get back on target. Um, how do we return to correct knowledge of who God is? We turn to the life of Jesus. We have to go back to the original standard. Um, Jesus is the, the standard. He is to be our measuring stick. I know when I was growing up, a book that um, that was really important to a lot of folks then was one written by Watchman E called The Normal Christian Life. And it was about the life of Jesus and the fact that that is supposed to be the norm. It's not not something that we can't attain to. It's something he came to show us what we can do. Um, when we're connected to the Father with the power of the Holy Spirit. But honestly, when you think about it, um, we've let a lot of things go over the years. Jesus' response to Philip when he said to Jesus, show us the Father, um, and that will be enough for us. Jesus said, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. And in the book of Hebrews, it says of Jesus that he is the exact representation of his nature. So we need to gaze upon Jesus and get our, um, get our true belief on who the Father is to really know who he is through the life of Jesus. So that's just been real strong on my heart. It's challenged me. Um, it's made me want to know the Lord better. Um, it's made me pour into the Gospels. I read the Gospels a lot. I want to see the Lord really bless our city, and I don't want to settle for less than what God's called us to do and less than what we can be. I really want us to be all that we can. So 
But those are just some things that have been going on in my life personally lately. It's a little hard to express them. Um, but what I wanted to share with you this morning now um, is something, it, it's interesting. I've, um, I've just felt real inspired lately, you know, just like I told you, I had a real awareness of the goodness of the Lord. And so when Robin asked me about speaking today, I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. But then I've had, had the hardest time really pinpointing what I was to do. And I would think I had it, and then I just didn't have it as I, I um, would dive into it, you know. And so I finally, finally, um, I, the Lord showed me something that I've actually done before. And when I decided, um, okay, I'll do that, I had peace. And so here we go. <laughs> so some of you may have heard it before, but you've maybe forgotten, and a lot of you probably haven't. It was over on Elizabeth Avenue. Um, this, a few months ago, I woke up one morning, and, and it's like the Lord just dropped this phrase in my mind, the law of kindness. It just dropped in there. And um, so I, I, I immediately knew where that came from. I knew that it was in the Bible in Proverbs 31. And so I went and looked at it, and that's what I want to share with you this morning. Um, it's found in Proverbs 31 in that chapter that's the description of an excellent or virtuous wife, the one who is described with all those superhuman qualities, you know. Um, we don't really know anything about the one who is attributed to writing that chapter. It's King Lemuel. We don't know who that is. Um, some believe that this was really referring to King Solomon, but we don't know because he wrote the rest of the Proverbs. But it begins in um, Proverbs 31, the words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. So I thought, well, that's appropriate for today, isn't it? So um, starting in, in that um, that last chapter of Proverbs in the verses 10 through 31, those are the, the verses that describe this unbelievable woman. Um, it, it's actually a poetic thing there. It's, called, it's a Hebrew acrostic poem, which means it's alphabetical in nature, which each line beginning with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Um, Brian Simmons, who wrote the Passion Translation, which I, I love to read, um, describes it this way. The implication is that the perfections of this woman will exhaust the entire language. So they use the entire Hebrew alphabet. Um, the subject is the perfect bride, the virtuous woman. This woman becomes an incredible picture of the end-time victorious bride of Jesus Christ. She is full of virtue and grace. And that makes sense to me. You know, a, a body of people, I think, are the only ones who could really be all those things there. So that was an interesting comparison. Um, and the law of kindness is to characterize this church. That actually comes from verse 36. It says, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. I believe the law of kindness speaks of being ruled by kindness. Why is that seemingly small thing so important right now? I think when you, you, when you look at our world, um, there's really a lot of anger and hostility out there, um, a lot of pain. And um, we're exposed, a lot of us are maybe exposed to so much anger and violence that we get dull to it, we harden our hearts. 
But if we're going to live from a different kingdom and bring hope and light to a hurting world, we're going to have to do it with kindness, respect, and honor. Um, you know, I, I thought about this. Um, how many of you ever go to HOA meetings? Anybody do that? I know he won't go. He won't go. Well, I, I don't like to go either, but I do go because I, I want to keep up with what's going on in my um, in my neighborhood, you know. And um, but honestly, usually when I leave there, I think, oh Lord, I don't ever want to go back to one of these um, because it, it was such an eye opener to me to see how angry so many people are. Um, you know, to go in settings like that, so many it seems they'll use it to vent their frustrations and their anger. And um, um, I've, I've not, like I said, I've not wanted to go, but I felt like the Lord has sort of kept his thumb on me about it. You know, I, I would isolate myself from people like that when he wants us to infiltrate that atmosphere and change it by by his heart and his presence. So I'm trying to stick with it, but um, and one thing I'm trying to try to do is after the meeting, go up to these guys that are the board, who are the ones who are people are venting on, and I'm sure they look at me like, oh, here comes one more person, and I make a point to go up and say thank you for what you're doing, and and it's a little bit disarming because they're not expecting it, um, but I think that's that's what we're supposed to do. The Lord wants us to do that, so. I try to make it a point to um, when really that should be the norm. I thought really everybody that that's the norm. That's what we should be doing. So anyway, um, that's the power of kindness. You know, simple, simple little thing. Um, I thought this was interesting. Um, I don't know if any of you know anything about the origin of Mother's Day. Has anybody ever even thought about that? Well, I just happened to think this week, I Googled it to see if there was some kind of history. And there was a little bit. Um, it was interesting. Um, I'll, I'll just read a paragraph here. The origins of Mother's Day as celebrated in the United States date back to the 19th century. In the years before the Civil War, Anne Reeves Jarvis of West Virginia helped start Mother's Day work clubs to teach local women how to properly care for their children. These clubs later became a unifying force in a region of the country still divided over the Civil War. In 1868, Jarvis organized Mother's Friendship Day, at which mothers gathered with former Union and Confederate soldiers to promote reconciliation. Isn't that awesome? I thought that was so cool. Um, I thought that is, our, that is who we're supposed to be, um, you know. Okay, back to Proverbs 31. The description begins in verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies? That word virtuous, the Hebrew word C-H-A-Y-I-L. These are some of the words used to describe the meaning of that word. An army, a force, a virtue, valor, strength, company, valiant, strong, war worthy. It describes her as a force to be reckoned with. That woman who um, has the law of kindness on her lips is a force, a force to be reckoned with. I thought that was awesome. 
The one who is ruled by the law of kindness is a force to be reckoned with. The Lord is kind. We're to be kind because the Lord is kind. You're probably here because you've experienced his kindness. The fathers of our faith, the patriarchs, Moses, David, and the prophets spoke of his kindness, the loving kindness of the Lord. If you think about it, that is, you see that over and over in the Old Testament. Um, I'm going to read just a few of these. In Genesis, Jacob declared of the Lord, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies, the kindnesses, and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. In Nehemiah, you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And then David, you remember in the Psalms, you see this over and over. For the king trusts in the Lord and through the loving kindness of the Most High, he will not be shaken. Because the Lord is his shepherd, he says, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 33, the earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. The kindness, the goodness of the Lord. What does the kindness of the Lord do for us? This one um, I love in Romans. Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that the kindness or the goodness of God leads you to repentance? That's why I said we've probably all experienced that kindness or we wouldn't be here. That's what leads us to a change of heart, a change of mind. The kindness of the Lord leads us to rest, to peace. And I love this in Matthew. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and that word means kindly, and my load is light. Isn't that awesome to think about? My yoke is kindly. It's not a burden he puts on us. I was thinking about, too, the, about the yoke of the Lord. Um, you, you know, it's such a, we go through such a thing to really yoke our lives to the Lord, to give your life to the Lord, because you're under this false thing that it's going to put such restriction on you, make your life hard. When really it's one of those paradoxes. It's the opposite. There's much more freedom uh, being yoked. (laughs) There's much more freedom. I can talk. I can talk. (laughs) There's much more freedom being yoked with Jesus than there is not being. Because when you're yoked to him... Only when you're yoked to him can you really fulfill all that you were created to be. So there's more freedom there. It's a deception that makes you think um, that you're going to regret it if you really give to your, your life to the Lord in that way. Okay, so the kindness of the Lord brings us to a place of rest and of peace. And this is awesome. The Lord wants to show his kindness to all, not just to us not just to believers. Um, I'm going to read from Luke 6 in the Passion Translation. Some of it will be on the overhead, but part of it is not. Are you really showing true love by only loving those who love you back? Even those that don't know God will do that. 
Are you really showing compassion when you only do good deeds to those who do good deeds to you? Even those who don't know God will do that. And if you lend money only to those you know will repay you, what credit is that to your character? Even those who don't know God do that. But love your enemies and continue to treat them well. When you lend money, don't despair if you are never paid back, for it is not lost. You will receive a rich reward, and you will be known as true children of the Most High God, having his same nature. For your Father is famous for his kindness to heal even the thankless and cruel. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to read that line again. For your Father is famous for his kindness to heal even the thankless and cruel. Have compassion for others, just as your Heavenly Father overflows with compassion for all. Then a few more verses in 1 Corinthians 13. Love never fails. Love is patient. Love is kind. Mark 21. Love your neighbor as yourself. Romans 12. Overcome evil with good. Kindness is strength, not weakness. It is sometimes disarming because it... People are not expecting that kind of behavior from you sometimes. Um, What can our kindness do for somebody else? It can bring change. It can bring peace. It can help bring people to repentance, to a change of heart. It can bring them rest. The law of kindness may seem to be a small thing, but it's something that every one of us can do. Um, It's not out of our reach. Um, It may appear to just be a weak thing, but it's not. It's powerful. It's one of the greatest ways that we can show the heart of a good, good father to a world that doesn't know him, that doesn't know that. Um, I think of QCC's mission statement. Part of our mission statement is to bless God and to bless our city. The best way to show the heart of our good father to those in our city is through acts of kindness, through being kind to, to all people. Um, it implies action. It isn't a passive thing. It isn't just a feeling. It's a manner in which you treat somebody. But you have to be deliberate or the opportunities are likely to pass you by. You've got to look for them. Be aggressive with it. Um, be aggressive with kindness. Seems sort of strange, doesn't it? Um, but here's what I believe we need to do is ask the Lord to open our eyes for these little opportunities where we can show kindness. And it's not just doing a nice something for somebody. It's saying something kind to somebody. Robin, Robin, it, this is crazy. In drive through windows, he always says something really nice to the people there. And so they've gotten where they love him. They love to see him coming because he's always telling them something wonderful about their lives or their appearance or something. Um, It's amazing what that does for people. Um, um, Praying for people, because I believe the Lord, I believe it's bigger than just being nice. The Lord wants us to really show his heart really bring us to the place where we're bringing um, healing. We're seeing miracles happen with people that we're bringing that into our city, into our environment. Um, and I think it starts with the law of kindness. Okay, so shall I pray? That, that's my little vial of oil.
All right. Lord, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to open our eyes. Open our eyes, first of all, to see the reality of your nature. To see you as that good, good father. Lord, give us grace to learn more and more what that means. And Lord, open our eyes to the opportunities you give us all around us as we go about our lives. Lord, to show that nature to a world that's crying out for it. I believe they're crying out to see you, Lord. To see you as you really are. And you want to use us, Lord, to show that. So I pray, Father, that you would, you would do that. You would continue to work, move in our lives, <clears throat> and use us that way. Bless these folks, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's do this. Why don't all the mothers stand? I want to pray for you in particular. All of you dear ladies will stand. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trick you. Now that you've stood, I want you to come forward. Because I was going to pass out these roses, but I don't want to pass them out. Why don't you come on up here? Don't be shy. Nobody gets hurt. We're going to... I just wanted to... Yeah, come on up here. This is so cool. This is so wonderful. They're all holding hands and smiling. and Pile in here closer together. Yeah, come on in here closer together. How many roses did we get, baby? <laughs> way more than that. Way, listen, way more. Here, here's when we have a men's meeting. I want food to go home with people. We buy roses. I got way more roses than mothers. I was trying to figure. Instead of giving you one, maybe we give you two or three. So, two roses. That's the double portion. But I just wanted. To, yeah, why not? Why don't you hold hands and we're going to get all emotional here. It's, I want, uh, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, just come touch these dear, dear ladies. And Lord, I pray too. I know, um, people who are not married or people who are not mothers who want to be can feel, um, sort of left out when this happens today. But I ask that you just touch everyone in the room, Lord. Um, Lord, I think about the Hurchins who had such great difficulty having a child, but they cried out, and now they've got an extra one, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. So, Lord, you are the God of loving kindness and mercy. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for the mothers, the potential mothers in our congregation, and we just ask that... Um, that your warmth would come now, that your heart would come now, that burdens would be lifted, that pains would be uh, cured and healed, and that the oil of joy and gladness would increase and just become their portion. Lord, help change our minds about who you are. Help change our minds about who we are. And we just ask for all of that 
Father, and we particularly say bless the mothers among us for all that they've done, all the public things, all the private things, all the hidden things, all the sacrifices. Um, and we just ask for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we thank you so much for these uh, these dear, dear ladies and everybody back there, why don't you stand, just stand up and just extend your hands and we're just going to speak blessing. Just begin to proclaim a blessing. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow to it. So we speak blessing. The whole congregation here reaches out and speaks blessing, blessing, breakthrough, increase. Answered prayers, restored dreams, hope on a high level. Let that all come. Let it all be your portion because the embodiment of hope that never fails lives inside of you. May he come and radiate himself out through your thoughts, your actions, your motives, and your desires in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So everybody gets two. How about that? I don't know how how we'll do this, but um, also uh, I thought Stephen was going to be. Is Stephen Giordano here today? There he is. We do have ministry teams today. Let's give it up for Stephen. He's helped orchestrate this for so long. You know, I want to enc- I want to encourage people. These people who pray for you or are available to pray for you have been trained, and they have an anointing. And you can you can get well. You can get a prophetic word that can change your life, or you can just feel good. That's a good thing to get prayed for and come away just feeling good. So, if you want prayer today, if you will come right over here on this side of the auditorium. We'll be glad to uh, reach out and help you today, and God bless all you folks. Have a great Mother's Day. We're going to McDonald's. I need to see that lady at the drive-thru. Make sure she's still happy.